Art and the truth. Art and truth. Here we go. The Great Reset is back on Grand Fork's best source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition is here. And our show today, The Great Reset, is brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Well, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call us. 701-213-0863 is our number here at Grand Forks Best Source. Uh, again, now the Great Reset, we do not put this show on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, but I tell you what, um, if you want to listen live, go to gfbestsource.com. Click listen now. It's all live. If you want to chat, just click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. Uh, we're now on Rumble, too. It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page, so that's something you might want to look forward to. Uh, here we go. Before we get going too much further, it is time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Um, I just invented a thought-controlled air freshener. I just invented a thought-controlled air freshener. Well, it makes sense if you think about it. <laughs> And they're getting better all the time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A couple of things to go over before we uh, talk with David here. Uh, Bears numbers, nothing's changed as of February 23rd, 19,399 deaths with the vaccine. Um, Minnesota, uh, my side of the river, Governor Walls, he's such a good guy, uh, gave voting rights restored to 55,000 felons in Minnesota. Uh, I've been looking at uh, Grand Forks Health Department. Uh, COVID cases are going down. Flu bug is bad right now. A lot of people are having it. Uh, Check it out. Uh, Joe Biden's approval rate as of today, 51.4% disapproved, 43.7% approved. Um, Wondering if any of you guys saw the picture of uh, Anthony Fauci with this Melissa Rain Lively. Uh, He took a picture of her and and thought she was a fan and all that stuff. Uh, But if you look really close... Uh, she's actually flipping them on the bird. So that was kind of cool. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is out. We need a little bit of uh, applause for that. Also, uh, Gates Foundation Insider admitting COVID vaccines are abortion drugs to depopulate the world. Now, this is what Dr. Dan used to always say. Uh, in fact, they say vaccine trials in Africa and India sterilized thousands of children. Um, how about this development? The White House has announced that all claims that have been previously dismissed as conspiracy theories are, in fact, true with one exception. And, of course, that's Joe Biden stole the 2020 election. And uh, I want to wrap up my, my little spiel here with uh, one thought for the day. You know, they somehow managed to demonize coughs, sniffles, and having no symptoms at all but normalized strokes, blood clots, neurological disorders, and died suddenly. Ain't that the truth? Uh, David Waterman, how are you? Good morning. I'm, uh, I'm well. Thank you. It's a great day. I had a decent night's sleep last night. Good for you. So, yes. <laughs> I actually, I mean, I'm, I'm frustrated a little bit because I, I actually worked over the weekend. I didn't take a day off, which I normally make a point to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean... It was a command in the Old Testament, right? The, the Jews actually would be in big, big trouble if they didn't 
rest on the Sabbath. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so we're not under that law anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't stone people anymore for, for violating those things. Um, but uh, because there's a new covenant. But, uh, but I'm still frustrated because anyway, I had a lot of work to do and I was working for a new client and I'm very happy uh, for this new client. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a, an incredible amount of preparation to do. So yep. I was kind of wiped out yesterday. Yeah. Are you good now? I'm pretty good now. Yeah. On the way back. Okay. Good. I still, I'm thinking I'm taking <laughs> maybe two Sabbaths this week. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> you pass that maybe. idea to my wife and maybe she'll let me do the same thing. Right. Well, I've got a, I've actually have a contractor at my house that blew his back out. Oh, at no my kidding. house. So this job that <laughs> so should have been, well, been done a long time ago is not. And the, the guy, uh-huh. I give him all the credit in the world because he is struggling. He'll come and help. He'll do what he can. I've been trying to help, run home and help as soon as I get done work. But um, I want it to get done. I need my shower back. Oh, oh shower. <laughs> well, it's you my know, shower. I was going to say, what, what was that, oh, what no, was that I mean, aroma I, when I came in here? I, I, I can still do it, but it's not like I haven't had a shower longer than three minutes in Two months, probably. Oh. It'd be nice to just stand in there and melt, you know, for like a half hour again. You know, that is such an American thing. We uh, we don't realize how good we have it. Most uh, you're people, exactly right. Yeah, most people in the world have no idea what it, what it, what it's like to right. stand in and, and, and I nice normally wouldn't shower. take a half hour shower either, but it yeah. just sounds like it'd be really cool. You know, I've got a very good friend, very very dear brother, uh, who uh, lives in Arizona, and he takes three minute showers all the time because he does not use hot water. Oh. It's uh, it's literally three minutes of all cold, and so he hits all the key vital areas, and he's out of there. <laughs> How can yeah. he hit all the vital areas when he can't find them in that cold water? <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. we went there. It's uh, <laughs> we went there. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's very, it's good for you actually. It really, it, it really I charges know. your endocrine system, and and it's very, very healthy. Uh, a lot of people. I sometimes do a thirty. Well, I often do a, a twenty to thirty second cold. Rinse. I'll do that too. At yeah. the end, just hit the cold and stand under there for twenty or thirty mm-hmm. seconds. Wakes you up uh, a little bit. It does for sure. Sure, yeah, sure. I have absolutely no desire to do that. <laughs> I hate cold water. It's you know, it's funny. A- after if you do that, if you do it, go from a nice warm shower and then just crank it over to cold, and you stand there in that for. 20 or 30 seconds and then you shut it off you will start laughing you'll get this rush mm-hmm. that is just yeah. amazing uh and it's like it feels so good it's kind of i don't know it's a weird thing that goes yeah. on in your brain uh, it's not enjoyable at the time but when it's over and you get through it it's you get um, like that flush that this, just goes through your whole yeah yeah it is it's a rush it's like yeah. when you get old like my age and you stand up too quick Oh, <laughs> get the head rush. Quite, that's dizzy, <laughs> but it's not quite like that. Okay. It's really, it's, it's a feeling of, it's like a, it's like a temporary feeling of euphoria, which is but very interesting. They, they have things that are like the opposite of hot tubs now, where they make like really ice cold water. Really? Yeah. And people will go into that like once a day. That's what professional athletes do all the time. Yeah. Uh, they they sit in a, you've maybe seen the television commercial with Pat Mahomes where he's in the ice bath. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he likes to put the bath bombs in there, but um, that's what they do. What? They they really? in a tub full of water and ice. And how long do they sit in that? <laughs> it can't be too they, long because they seize up. I don't know. Hypothermia is going <laughs> to yeah. set in at some point, right? Yeah, I, I see. I, I did that the one time. I I took like the polar plunge thing where we. I was at Bible camp years ago. Um, we were in a hot, or we were in a sauna, and they had cut a hole in the in the lake, 
in the ice. Uh-huh. And we went right from the sauna, jumped in the ice. Granted, it was only like four feet deep, but um, I'll probably never do that again. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, so, when I was young and dumb, it was a different deal than being old and dumb. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't think I'd do it again. So what was it? What was the experience like for you? Plunging into that icy water um, getting out of the sauna. It actually wasn't as bad as I thought um, until you start thinking about it. And then when you're trying to crawl out and get back to warmth, oh. <laughs> that's when you really think about how dumb it was to do it. Uh, but otherwise, it wasn't, it wasn't so I bad, I guess. Uh-huh. Cool. All right. So, yeah. So that's, All right, great uh, show. All right. Right. <laughs> Till next week. So, so what's the so what's the title? What does the title mean? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm waiting to hear that from you. Art, art and truth. Art and truth. Oh, I, by the way, I'm There's also a, I'm also babysitting, so I'll be right back. That's cool. <laughs> so there 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 was a there there was a, a Star Trek. You remember Star Trek, the original sure. one with yeah. Kirk and McCoy. Beat and me Spock. up, Scotty. I think that still was by far the best iteration of Star Trek. I mean, they've tried to redo Star oh, Trek. Oh, I know. Yeah, Picard and all these Data and all these I new think guys. It's a joke. Yeah. I, I mean, they really don't. And and the original Star Trek was uh, dealt with a lot of social issues that at the time were kind of taboo. Sure, uh, sure. And so they dealt with them in a way. And I don't always agree with. With the the you know the the ideals that they were necessarily promoting mm-hmm. on that show, certainly the creator of Star Trek, who was a brilliant man, but but messed up in a lot of ways. Uh, Gene Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry, yeah, yeah, uh, was uh, yeah he had a brilliant vision for how to portray the and they and they the use of light. I love their use of light because color. They had color everywhere. They used colored lights mm-hmm. in the backgrounds almost all the time, which was in itself very. Sure. I mean, that was very forward-thinking because back in the 60s when they made – I mean, they made that shows in – what was it, 66, 67, 68? Um, <clears throat> if anyone wanted to make a space show, a science fiction space show, what colors did they use? Black, white, and silver. Yeah, right? yeah maybe a little red. <clears throat> maybe. You know, but everything's gonna Will be- Robinson, <laughs> Will Robinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, think about this. Yes, Lost in Space took place at the same time. In fact – Gene Roddenberry pitched Star Trek to ABC mm-hmm. before he pitched it to NBC. And ABC's response was, they said, well, thanks, but we've already got a space show. Yeah, yeah. And it was Lost in Space. Yeah, yeah. And just contrast <laughs> Lost in Space Completely with Star Trek. Completely two different shows, too. I mean. Yeah. And, compl- and one is really hokey, campy. Yep. You know, everything's silver. Every, you know, the, they wore silver. All the yep. Robinson family wore silver. The aliens wore silver. The robot was silver. Everything was silver because in the future, everything's silver, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, tinfoil. And uh, yeah, but, but uh, Star Trek was not like that at all. It's a brilliant use of color, uh, which I think has not been, not been really surpassed to this day uh, because it was done very tastefully. It wasn't sure. gaudy color. Mm-hmm. It was just very tastefully done. Yep. So <clears throat> one of the episodes in Star Trek, I'm not going to get into the episode, but just the title itself was... And I think this is a, uh, a title that's worthy of consideration. The title of the show was, Is There in Truth No Beauty? That could have been the, the, show for, the show's title for today. But I thought, well, Star Trek already has that title. So we're not going to steal their title. But the concept, <clears throat> art and truth. Uh, and so, I, so a lot of people maybe don't know this, but Paul, you actually studied uh, art Right, I mean, post kind of. I went. To, I went to college. 
You went to college. <laughs> right, yes. He was an art major. And you were an art major. <laughs> yeah. So you studied art. So tell me, what is, um, how, how, how do you, what is art? Okay, it's been well, a long, it's been that. a long time. All right, well, that's okay. <laughs> Quiz just, time. Use your, use your, just, how would you define art if someone said to you, uh, what's, what's art? <clears throat> what would well, be your personal definition? Well, creating something that hasn't been done before is always kind of, you know, I think maybe the main purpose of it, something that doesn't have to necessarily be beautiful or ugly or anything, but it just has to be a new concept. And then when you, say, go to um, school for art, you know, to go to college, I mean, one of the things that they teach you is to learn everything so you can unlearn all of it to create something new. Mm. That's very interesting. So that so let me ask this because we've talked many times on the show about how communism and communist ideology has wormed its way into all the primary institutions in our country from government to education to entertainment. Uh, how do you think that that definition of art, if you look back historically, if you look, for example, just back to the Renaissance period, and you look at the art that came out of that period of time. And I think that it's unquestionable globally that some of the finest art in the world came out of the Renaissance period, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how, would you, how, how do you think that that new definition of just creating something new, whether it's ugly or beautiful, doesn't matter, how, how do you think that that jives with the understanding of art during the Renaissance? Yeah, uh... I don't think that they would see it as art. I mean, I don't see a lot of it as art, you know, especially when it doesn't look like there's in, like, any time that's been put into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, just making something big doesn't make it, like, okay, but really time-consuming, but that's just because you're using a lot of material. If you could make the same thing and have it be the size of that piggy bank. Yeah. And it takes you literally 10 minutes to do it but it takes you three months to do it on a huge, large scale. Well, yeah, that doesn't necessarily make it art. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I once, I, I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but uh, years and years ago, uh, I, I went to some event, some show at the Muni Opera in um, St. Louis, and there was a display in the lobby. They had a display of modern art. <clears throat> and so there were paintings on the wall, and, which is really just splashes of paint on a canvas. They had little sculptures, in these in these little cases that were like i mean some of them i think were welded some of them were just stuck together. anyway it, it, it was basically just junk patched together and painted or not painted or it's maybe you know something was you know a bunch of rusty nails hammered into something it was just mm -hmm. garbage and i looked at it and i thought this is a joke this is supposed to be art you know they had a nice little title with the person the artist so-called artist name on it <clears throat> and so uh, there was one pedestal that had a an acrylic cover, but there was nothing in it. It was just empty, an empty display case. And so what I did was I I walked around in the lobby. I found an old uh, you know pop can and and some wrappers of some candy that someone had thrown away. And and I got a, it's a big dust bunny, and I just I lifted up the cover and I put it there on the pedestal. And I found a little piece of paper and I I don't remember what I titled it. Something like. Uh, uh, I don't know, 
the American mind or something. (laughs) And I put the cover back and then I walked away and I was laughing because I thought, I wonder how long the people that run the Muni Opera in St. Louis are going to take to figure out that that actually wasn't some artwork by somebody. Because, Because today... You can define anything as art. Sure, you can. Oh, yeah. Drive around campus, <laughs> and if, UND, and if you <laughs> and if anything can be art, then really nothing is art. No, but the, um, you could have argued that what you did was art because you saw. An oh, empty, and some people would. Yeah, because I mean, you saw sure. an empty case, and you decided to find some things around there and put it in that. So you you created action art. It's so, to the so, point now because your, your actions are what created it so 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 by the definition the new definition of art that would be you could argue that that's art i would argue that you can't change the definition of art art is art either it's art or it's not art okay because the way people look at art now that empty canvas could have been considered art Art is in the. I mean, we could have we could have called that Wednesday in December in Grand Forks. Exactly, that's (laughs) right. The white sheet, right? Exactly, right. So, so um, it's it's like the it's like the old joke. Well, I think what you're talking about, art is more of like a community thing because art could be in like the the eye of the person that sees it, and they could be like, "This is the most beautiful piece of artwork I've ever seen," but that could be one person. But now, if you have a community of people that I'll say, okay, you like there, we all think that that is crap. But this other guy, you got 30,000 people that like that piece of artwork. I think that would kind of define. So that would go to the statement, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? And in the community. And of the community, right. So here's the question. If you can convince the community that garbage is art, is it now art? In other words, is art defined by consensus or is it defined by a specific set of ideals and standards with purpose? Well, I think academically, yes and no. <laughs> so, but, so so let me tell you this. Go ahead. Well, the definition of art, there's, there's a few of them. The expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power, or works produced by human creative skill and imagination, uh, creative activity using the production of paintings, drawings, or sculpture, uh, or how about the various branches of creative activity, such as painting, music, literature, and dance. Those are the visual arts and uh, subjects of study primarily concerned with the process and products of human creativity and social life, such as languages, literature, and history, as contrasted with scientific or technical subjects. Uh, and, then, and then finally, how about a skill at doing a specified thing, typically one acquired through practice, like the art of conversation. So there's lots of, I guess, definitions. I guess you could say it has a broad brush. Well, I- yeah so there are multiple expressions of art and i think that that Mm -hmm. what you just that definition you just read kind of kind of touches on that i mean they didn't even mention music so 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 one of the things that that i don't think that i heard in that definition uh john you can look at that again uh and tell me that i miss it but is is the word is the word creative in that definition it must have been I, I just don't remember hearing you say that. Ooh, 
There was because, a lot to it. Yeah, because the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. There we go. Human creative skill and mm-hmm. imagination. So, so, so to create something, um, what what does creation mean? Like, if you take a here, let me let me just let me illustrate like this. Can you? Who's got a good timer? Can you? Do you have a timer on your phone? I want you to time me. I'm going to yeah. do a little activity here. Rob. It's not going to be yeah. on camera. There we go. Okay, just tell me when you're ready, and I'm going to create something. Uh, just tell me when you're ready, and I'll start. Ready. Just say go. Go. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry that for the viewing audience, uh, you'll see this in a minute. Oh, just take me a minute. Well, I don't know how long it'll take me. We'll find out as soon as the timer stops, I guess. Hey, hey. Oh, this guy. We're here with the sound effects. Okay, stop. How long? 37.8 seconds. 37.8 seconds. Okay, from a plain, ordinary sheet of paper, I've created this. Who knows what this is? It's art. Nah, no. I didn't say that. But what what is it? Do you know what this is? It's a rocket ship. It's a paper aeroplane. It's a paper aeroplane. That's yes. right. It's a paper airplane. So um, it took me 30, how many? 37 seconds? 38 seconds. 38 seconds. So let's see. So I just want to see if this, if this. I'm just going to try. I'm, I'm going to ask, Paul, I'm going to ask you to, we'll see. We'll go this way. Oh, my eye. <laughs> <laughs> so it flew. <laughs> Right, it did. That flew. <clears throat> the, the landing was a little bit different, but it was it, well, kind of. It yeah, kind of did a little barrel yeah, roll, and yeah. then and then kind of. Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was a pretty smooth landing. Actually. It wasn't bad. Okay, so that took me thirty-eight seconds to create from a piece of paper that airplane. Okay, now I'm gonna so fill for me because I'm gonna run and grab it. Okay, I'm not gonna ask. I'm not gonna ask. Paul to do it because it's not like he's my slave or something. Okay, okay, let's fill in. <laughs> Taking them longer to do that than it was to make the plane. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I should have timed him. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I've got my plane. Okay, I want you to time me again. Okay, the first so to make the plane was 37 seconds, 38, 38 seconds, seconds, 38 seconds. All right, you're timing me? Yep. Okay, just tell me, say go. Go. Okay, stop. How five, long? five seconds. Five seconds. All right, I want to see if this thing will fly. Let's see. Ready? Yep. Not so much. No, I threw it. It Not didn't so actually much. fly. It just... Okay, so it took 38 seconds for me to make that plane. It took five seconds to destroy the plane. Is what I've... If, is the, those pieces of paper... Are they, would you consider them, I mean, as a paper airplane, I could put a message, I could write a message on that plane, fly it across the room, and the person on the other end could open it up and read it, right? Mm-hmm. That would have some value. Sure. Does that have value? Yeah, it's Dadaism. It's what? Dada. Dadaism. Dadaism. What, what does that mean? Uh, it's where, it's, it's, um, not so much the, the fact that you tore it up, it's where everything landed just randomly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> So, so the point is, where's Dale to get our 
do our definition checking. The point is that if you redefine art to mean anything, it means nothing. Okay. If you redefine marriage to mean anything, any relationship. So, so John, if I were to say, well, hey, the fact that I'm coming and talking on the show means that we have a, you and I have a meeting of the minds on this show, right? Mm-hmm. So we're so our ideas are joined. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like a melding. That's like a joining. That's like a marriage. Your ideas and my ideas are kind of married. Okay. So therefore, we're married. Okay, you're kind of creeping me out now. Uh, thank you. That's the goal. <laughs> If anything is marriage, then nothing is marriage. Then the relationship that you have with your wife is somehow, um, if anything can be a marriage, if you're married to anyone that you talk to, right? Okay. If your relationship with your best buddy is now defined as a marriage, then your relationship with your wife Really, to define that as a marriage, really, it doesn't... Ha- what, what, what meaning does marriage have anymore? If any relationship no. that you have, sure. if any interaction you have with anyone is defined as marriage, then what does it mean if you say, uh, someone says, uh, are you married? Yes, of course I am. I'm married to all kinds of people. I'm married to you right now because I'm talking to you. Then what does your relationship with your wife, how is that defined as anything different then your relationship to me or to Paul or to the guy that uh, delivers your mail. I'm not married to you, Paul, or the guy that delivers my mail. That's a little different. I don't go to the courthouse to have you come into my studio. Um, you know, I, I, I don't go um, get married. I, I didn't become your friend in front of God and everybody else. You know what I mean? Because marriage, you're, stick, you're choosing to define marriage in the traditional sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm asking you, if we redefine marriage to mean any interaction that you have with anyone, <clears throat> where you're communicating with someone, you're having any kind of, any kind of relationship with anyone, if we redefine all those things to me to, as marriage, then what meaning does marriage have anymore? I, <clears throat> it wouldn't. Exactly. It wouldn't. It yeah. wouldn't mean anything hey. anymore. So when you say, I'm married to, can I say her first name on the air? Sure. If you say, I'm married to Lori, mm-hmm. I, the response would be, so, so, so what? What does that mean? That means nothing. It doesn't mean anything because anything, because my talking to you means we're married. Okay. When you redefine something to be all-inclusive, then that definition ceases to have meaning. Oh, Okay. So to say anything, that crumpled up paper that I just threw on the desk is now considered art. That means anything can be art. And if anything is art, then nothing is art. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, my son asked me what it's like to be married. uh, So I told him to leave me alone. And then when he did, I asked him why he was ignoring me. (laughs) Had to throw that in there, break up the mood a little bit. (laughs) Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so so the point is, <clears throat> I'm really glad that Paul is here because because Paul has studied art uh, formally at the University of North Dakota. No, Moorhead State. Moorhead State. <clears throat> and there's this interesting article, and this is something that I've really wanted to talk about for a long time, 
in this week's issue of the Epic Times called Desecrating the Arts. Uh, communism, sabotage, and abuse of art, the inversion of traditional aesthetics, the ugly as art. And they're talking about um, how the, the... Here, I'll just read a brief paragraph. Uh, actually, this is just uh, two sentences. <clears throat> if people look closely at the differences between avant-garde and traditional art, avant-garde would be the modern art, mm-hmm. They will find the artists of the Renaissance not only used to pra- not only used art to praise God, but also presented beauty in an uplifting manner that engendered feelings of truth and goodness in the human heart. In doing so, their art helped maintain the morality of society. What do you think about that statement? <clears throat> I don't know. Well, let's yeah. think about it for a minute. I'll read it again. If you look closely at the differences between avant-garde and traditional art, they'll find we will they will find the the artists of the Renaissance not only used art to praise God, and we see that clearly, right? That's clear. Sure, sure. Renaissance art yep. is all. I mean, they're not just pictures of of angels and of of Jesus and of creation, um, but it also presented beauty in an uplifting manner. That's what it says in an uplifting manner that engendered feelings of truth and goodness in the human heart. <clears throat> I personally believe, if, if Dr. Dan was here, he would agree with me, uh, I know because I've, we've had this conversation, that, that's the, that that is the goal of art, to uplift and yep. to, to lead us to a higher, higher level of thinking, a higher value of the things that are truly valuable, like human life, for example, uh, relations, you know, loving relationships between people, the act of love itself, um, uh, taking care of others uh, in you know in, in a way that that benefits them, even if it doesn't benefit us. I've, I've been um, was it the Louvre yes. in France? Yes. Um, I've been to some pretty big museums, art galleries, whatever. Uh, Renaissance art to me, uh, compared to nowadays, ninety percent of the people, the sculptures, the paintings, the whatever, they're naked. None of them have clothing on. That, that was what I got out of Renaissance art, and I know I shouldn't have, but you don't see that kind of stuff around here. But then again, you don't get to see stuff that's that old, that's got that much history, you know, here like you do there either. But um, there's a big difference between then and now. So that's it's true. There was a lot of, uh, they, they, I mean, David, mm-hmm. right? The, the statue of David. Yep. Which is in Rome, yep, uh, and I've seen that, and it is that it's a phenomenal, yeah, it's a phenomenal work of art. And it's, they they do that they did that intentionally because they didn't want a hundred years from now somebody to go back and look at David and say, you know, I think that's more of a Diane. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And, and and because the human figure is beautiful. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Let me ask, how much of that, even though the, the figures that you saw at the Louvre and other places mm-hmm. were naked, how many of them were posed erotically? Not too many. No, right, exactly. No. Right, yeah. So right. they're in some position, yeah. and they're naked, but it's not like they're trying to elicit a sexual sure. response. Sure, that picture nowadays isn't going to make penthouse. Not or, at all. Or playboy or anything right. like that. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, and there was a lot sure. of nudity back then, but uh, yeah. in, in the art in the art, but it was, but it, it tastefully. Je- yes. And it glorified God's creation. Sure. You know, in the garden of Eden, it, the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve started with no clothes. 
Right, right. But it says that they were naked and they were not ashamed because sin had not come into the world yet, so there was no reason to be ashamed of being naked. You know, can you imagine that? Uh, you know, that usually, usually the Garden of Eden is presented and there's always some kind of a flower or there's a tree or a bush or, a, or Eve's hair comes mm. down and covers... No, I am. Yeah. But <laughs> because we're... We're, because now That's there's a really big a certain, fig leaf there, Eve. <laughs> a certain level of shame, but 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 back. But when God created us, there was no shame, right? Right, because there was no sin. So, uh, so to portray the human figure in a way that is not pornographic uh, is art, because the human figure is is beautiful. And let me ask: How many of those figures that you saw, those those naked figures, were? Um, how many of them were obese? I don't mean. If, I don't mean. I don't mean. I don't mean full. It, I, I don't mean a little bit. I. I mean obese. Okay. If if you were to go by my neurosurgeon's standards, the majority of them were obese. If you were to go by my neurosurgeon's standards, I had my last back surgery. I'm six foot two. I weighed two hundred and forty pounds at the time, and I was obese. There. With the body shaming and things that go on nowadays, um, a lot of these people, I would consider them. But it was like, I mean, I was just in Europe in October. You don't see too many obese people. What they call, what I consider obese is somebody morbidly heavy. I mean, grotesquely heavy. Right, right. Not my neurosurgeon. <clears throat> obese is a six foot two guy that weighs 240, 45 pounds or whatever. Um, but no, the art like that, there weren't. Heavy, 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 heavy people, like we see now. Right. So, so even though you could look at a at, at so look at a woman who was maybe a little bit uh, had a, a little bit more adipose tissue, a sure, little bit more, sure. a couple right? little love rolls, you and, know, and you can say, but that's not. We wouldn't call that person fat. No, no, right. And somebody might prefer someone that way, and somebody might prefer someone who's who's thinner, sure, yeah. right. But there's a difference between skinny, oh yeah, yeah, and thin, yeah. Right? There's a difference between um, uh, you how see people say, that pleasantly, are... pleasantly plump, sure. and fat, yeah, right, yeah. There's... I mean, I love the term, the new term now, dad bod. I mean, perfect. <laughs> so there's a there's a uh, Hill Street Blues is a show that came out in the mm. '80s. And um, Minnesota Vikings used to player used to be on that show. Is that right? Ed Marinero. Ed Marinero. That's yeah, right. Yeah. For the bikes. He was a cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the first episode of the first season. Um, they introduced Joyce Davenport, who was the uh, played by Veronica Hamill. She was the uh, the, the the defense attorney. Mm-hmm. And um, and she walked in and 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 one of the men, uh, Henry Enriquez. Uh, I think that anyway. Yeah, he was. He was a Hispanic gentleman that worked at the precinct, mm-hmm. and Veronica Hamill walked in. And she's very; she was a model uh, before she was an actress, and maybe yeah. And and she was she was thin and very beautiful. And she walked in, and uh, and this character looked at her walking into the office, and he's oh, she's she's look at that man. She, and he's watching. He says, and he said. Ten more pounds, and she would be perfect. <laughs> okay. So, so there's a there's. He's not saying he thinks she should be fat. He just thought she was she was too thin for his taste. Sure. My, my point is that here's here's a here's a you know this is a statue of uh, Tacitus. He's not naked, but mm-hmm. he's not wearing you know he's not wearing a suit either. Right. Right. 
so um I wouldn't he's not skinny. He's just coming he's from a thin, frat party. But he <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, John, would you just knock it off? <laughs> so So the 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 point is that beauty used to be a pretty universal thing. I mean, no one was I don't know anyone who'd look at a rose and say what a piece of trash. That thing is mm-hmm. ugly. Man, I hate these flowers, right? Flowers are recognized and have been for centuries as beautiful, right? Uh, the, the fragrance of a rose, which they don't have fragrance anymore because they bred them without, they got rid of all the fragrance because of, I don't know why. People with allergies or because they attract bees, I don't know. Why did they stop making roses but, that smell nice? Why did they do that? Anyway. Uh, COVID, why not? They had... <laughs> But, yeah, you know, speaking of fragrances, and um, you talked about knowing, like, an art studio, if you were to go to Oh for Heaven's Cakes... <laughs> yes? And you smell look, something good? It does look like an art studio in there. Is there... Okay, now here's the question. Could anybody walk into Oh for Heaven's Cakes and go and say, ooh, that stinks in here? Well, I don't think so. No, I'd have to smack them if they did. Yeah, well, you'd and, have to and smack Don't em. forget, they are creating art over there. They're, well, they are. They are creating yeah, art. They do have some very artistic... I mean, I've seen some of the cakes that they've made. Beautiful. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, you know, graduation really isn't that far away. We had a girl on earlier today. Spring break starts, I think, tomorrow or the day after. Uh, graduation isn't that far away. Uh, folks, have you been thinking about your graduation cakes yet for your kid, whether it's college or high school or whatever? Get a hold of them over Heaven's Cakes. They're on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. These guys are incredible. Uh, best cupcakes and cakes. It doesn't matter. Maybe you do have a special occasion like a graduation or a wedding, or maybe you just want to treat yourself to something good, or maybe treat your employees to something good. Get a hold of them, all right? Uh, they're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. You can call them up, 701-757-CAKE, or you can go to Over Heaven's Cakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. And, uh, yeah, the smell is incredible. Over Heaven's Cakes, north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. Art and Truth, the Great Reset is back with David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. Continue, sir. Thank you. Really quickly, just a disclaimer. If you do walk in the south, what is it? The south? North backside wall, August 17th. If you walk in the north backside wall, except Third on door, Mondays, yep. and if you don't smell the Old for Heaven's Cakes, turn around and go home because you got COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's not a neurological disorder. So, so there was a time, you know, um, let me ask this. Who would walk into a, um, into a place that, that processes uh, raw sewage, take a whiff and say, oh, that, oh, I love that smell. That smells so good. I want to get, can I get this in a bottle so I can wear it by my, who does that? <laughs> I could, right. think, I could think of somebody. <laughs> okay, Paul could think of somebody, one person, right? But there's a pretty universal, there's a pretty universal understanding and appreciation of things that smell good uh-huh. and things that smell bad. Sure, sure. Right. So I wouldn't open up a can of something and go, "Oh, man." Or as wives like to do, right? Smell hey, this. Come smell this. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or ew, taste this. Right. <laughs> right. No, thank you. Phew. Right. That doesn't mean that everybody who likes that everyone likes Chinese food or likes mm-hmm. Indian food or likes American food, right? I mean, people have different tastes, but I don't know anybody who's going to smell, uh, you know, uh, 
an Indian dish of uh, you know curry chicken, oh, yeah. and say, "Oh, that it never stinks. goes away either." No, that they might just your brain. say, "They might just say, you know, I I don't like that." I, don't I, like I, I used to uh, when I work construction, um, go to the crew and say, "You you pass gas really bad," and you'd say to the crew, "You smell marijuana." <laughs> Uh, John, oh, John. Come on, man. It wasn't me. Well, maybe it was me that did that. But oh, anyway, uh, uh, right, I, I keep right. breaking away from us so, here. I'm sorry. The point is that is there a can, can either one of you argue with me that there's a I'm not talking about the individuals like the person that you know, Paul, but uh, who likes the smell of sewer gas. But uh, would you not agree that there's a pretty universal consensus about what's beautiful and what's not. Niagara Falls, sure, the Grand Canyon, sure. uh, you know, the, the the Statue of Liberty. And, 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 and I, again, I'm going to interrupt, but I'm Flowers. sorry. Um, really, it is, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, some man's garbage might be another man's, you know, treasure. So um, we say beauty is, is the eye of the beholder, and that that phrase pretty much exclusively is used has traditionally been been used to 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 describe people and relationships. Sure, right. And, so, for example, you see a really good looking woman with a guy that looks, you know, like Paul. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got a smile out of him. Uh, <laughs> You'd just be like, duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll give an example. Uh, I, uh, years ago, I went to a church. That this pastor is not there anymore. I don't go to the church anymore. But I went to a church where the pastor was, uh, he was, he was uh, clearly overweight. I mean, he was mm-hmm. quite overweight. Mm-hmm. He would even admit that he was obese um, and, and, and fairly you know, he's not tall either. So short, fat guy, uh, really nice guy, but short and fat. His wife, however, was this blonde, I mean, beautiful, really, really beautiful woman um, and, and sweet. And uh, he said, he said, and he was from, they were from the South, he said, you know, said people see us walking down the street together. They look at us and they say, obviously, he's got money, right? <laughs> Not what I was thinking, but the, the, the implication being, <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 people and everyone in the congregation looked. They got all awkward, like, whoa, what? And he said, "Hey, he said, look, don't, I, we have mirrors in our house." Yeah, yeah he said, yeah. "I know what people can see when they I'm look right at me." Here. Okay? I'm right here. Right? <laughs> so he said, "So, but the the point is that we expect a beautiful woman to be with a really handsome guy, sure, and vice versa. You don't expect to see some." you know, good looking out like Ed Marinaro. Yeah. To be with someone that the rest of us would say, Ooh, she's yep. ooh. wearing yoga pants for all the wrong reasons. Where is she going <laughs> to write? Where is she going to pick up a guy? Right? right. Right. But, but it does happen. Yeah, it does. And because it, that happens, they learn to love them. <laughs> no, they start out loving. Them, I know, <laughs> which is why. And because of that, that is where the phrase Beauty is in the sure. eye of the beholder comes from. Yeah. Because she saw something in him or he saw something in her that clearly was more right. than skin and, deep. And, and, you know, you mentioned it too earlier, David, when we were talking about Hill Street Blues. Um, uh, oh, she'd be perfect if she was 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. Some some people like that. Some people like skinnier. Some people like dogs. Some people like cats. Some people like Chevys. Some people like it's all in the eye of the beholder. Right. Um, uh, you know, your art might not be mine. 
It might not be Paul's, but you know what I mean. Right, yeah. And so to that point, and I, by the way, I misquoted. I'm just thinking back to that, to that scene. I actually misquoted him. He, what, he, what he really said was, 20 more pounds and she would be perfect. Oh, yeah. It was 20, not yeah, 10. Yeah, 20, okay. But, uh, but, but here's, the, here's the deal. Um, you, so, so look at this. I'm going to refer back to this, this statue. Uh, look at this statue. I don't know who created this statue of, of Tacitus. It doesn't. It almost credit. looks like they were looking at my arms, though, when they created it. Oh, maybe credit. not. You're talking but, about beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Yeah, yeah, but wait, wait. Just hold that thought okay. because I want to respond to that. So you look at this statue, and if you say... Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put that in my I wouldn't put that in my house. I wouldn't put that in my garden because I'm not a fan of Tacitus or I don't like guys that are wearing that kind of whatever. Yeah. But would you look at this and say, nah, because I don't like it, therefore it's not art? No. No, of course no, not. No, I wouldn't do that. So you might look at the you might look at the Mona Lisa and say, not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But you would recognize it as a beautiful work of art. Sure. I mean, even though I, it's not your particular. Right. And, and I still took my picture directly in front of the Mona Lisa <laughs> just for that reason. <laughs> yeah, but I, of course, I get you. So it, it's not something that I would think is, wow, this is pretty great art. But according to history, it is. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. But you can also see by looking at the painting, by looking at the eyes, the smile, the nose, the way that the, sure. the way that 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 uh, that it was painted, that it was painted by a man who was tremendously skilled at reproducing the human form mm-hmm. and the human yeah. face, and did it with the lighting, the beauty. Oh, the, sure, you you can recognize that's art, right? Right. right. <clears throat> um, I mean, I've got some stuff, David, in my house uh, that Paul did. That is oh. hanging on our walls. Uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible stuff. Um, might not be art for somebody else, but it is for us. Was, and we love it. So Was it was it nudes? No nudes. Oh, no nudes. Nope. Well, that's nope. not art then. No, no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's a joke. You didn't have enough room on the canvas. Yeah. <laughs> or should I go? There we go. That was a 16 by 9, not yeah. a 9 by 16. <laughs> We're really getting lost. So, so you were going to say, Paul, you were going to say something about beauty being the eye of the beholder. Oh yeah. Um, so I told uh, John about this uh, the other day. So there's this guy, and he crashes on a desert island with a pig and a dog. And so a couple of weeks go by, and the guy's hormones are getting a little testy. So that pig is starting to look pretty good to him. And do we so, really want to go here? Yeah, so a couple of weeks go by and or, so, you know, another couple of weeks go by. And so he tries to make a move on the pig, but the dog that was with attacks him to keep him off the pig. And so another week goes by, he tries again, but dog attacks him again. Same thing next week, dog attacks him again. So now uh, another week goes by and all of a sudden there's this beautiful, beautiful blonde lady that shows up on the island and the guy looks at her and he says oh my god thank god you are here can you please hold down that dog for me (laughs) (laughs) or pig or what (laughs) we kind of took your show and just kind of twisted it a little bit did we (laughs) now i know look you wonder why the eyeballs are like that yeah (laughs) okay the point is the point is... He's never going to want to come back. <laughs> We're getting there. 
the point is people recognize real art. Sure. It, all the best art, all the best art, without mm-hmm. exception, all the best art reflects something in God's creation. Yeah. All of it. Okay? Without exception. Today, garbage is, is pushed off as art. You can say one man's trash is another man's treasure. That's a different thing. Sure, right? sure. So I throw out an old leather, you know, satchel or book or something and say, oh, I've, this is perfect. You go on mm-hmm. the thing in my library to, yeah. you know. I'm okay, put but this in I my shadow box. I didn't have a use for it, but you did. But, but it's different to take something that is tr- totally meaningless or, or ugly and say, this is art, right? And that's what's happening today. Mm. Things that are ugly, people, obesity, even grotesque obesity is being pushed as healthy and good, right? People that are, that are. So Thomas just made a picture for us. We're talking about. Hey, look at that. These are trees, aren't they? Are these trees? See, I know a tree when I see it. I like this because the red trees, that's in the fall. Green trees, that's in the spring. Blue trees. Blue, the blue tree. That represents North Dakota winter. The tree <laughs> yeah. is, is covered in ice and snow. And the black trees, that represents California under Gavin Newsom. He <laughs> wants to destroy all of the trees. Thomas, oh, you're, you're, you're pretty that smart. Was a cloud from, uh, was it Palestine, Ohio? Oh, that, maybe that was the yeah, cloud. Yeah, that could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah <laughs> what, no what, kidding. What is, what, what's your... Oh, are you going to be shy now? You can't, you can't. Now you're putting the artist on the spot. Oh, let's yeah. give him a round of applause, man. That's good stuff. How about that? Good job. Thank you for... Hey, go make more. more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. He's on mission. So, what has happened to art? Why is it that the definition of art is now creating anything new? That if you create something new, that's art. I'm sorry. That's nonsense. That's just as much nonsense as me saying that we're married because we're having a conversation. Right. Right. It's nonsense. No. No. uh, When I said that, I said a concept that's new, not just creating something new, because that's. I, well, I agree with you. Just, I mean, just because it's new doesn't make it art. But if you create a new way of seeing art, I mean, that's kind of like when you go to... You mean a new uh, way of seeing creation, a new way of seeing something. Yeah, new so I think it was Impressionism, if I'm not mistaken. But So if you're standing right, you know, a foot away from it, it just looks like these huge, big, you know, blotchy brush strokes. Oh, and, uh-huh. and they never did that in the Renaissance. Everything was always right. smooth and had to be super realistic. Right. And so it just looked like all these big globs of paint or they're just coming right off the spatula knife. Yeah. So it doesn't look like anything. But then you back up 30 feet and you realize, oh my, it looks like a realistic landscape. Yes, right. And because it's kind of like the the pixels on your TV. Yes, right. And I would agree. I would I would call that art. I would say that something mm-hmm. that something that you can, that, that when you're up at one angle, it looks like one thing, but then you get a different perspective and suddenly it becomes a beautiful sure. picture of something. Mm-hmm. But, if that, but if they would have been painting that during the Renaissance period, the Renaissance people will say that's not art. Because I don't it, doesn't, know. It, it doesn't look like the I, thing that it's supposed to look like. I, I accept that it does if you're at the right perspective. Just yeah. like if you take a picture of the Mona Lisa, I mean, with, if you take a picture of the Mona Lisa using a, a, a microscope with a camera, is are you gonna and then you and then you blow that up? Are you gonna blow it up to the same size as the actual painting? Would you call that art? No. Mm. Why? Because it doesn't look like anything. But but there was also a point in the Renaissance arts that you're talking about that made it such a great art for prior to what was being done before that. I can't remember the term, but as a 
uh, media person, you'd appreciate it. They were the first ones to have that kind of spotlight effect where it looked like there was a spotlight in, in the room yep. somewhere, and that's how they were all getting their shadows and their form. That's why everything looked kind of two-dimensional before they came up with that uh, concept. The, the idea the of understanding how lighting works, yep. how lighting actually... If, and, and they actually did create cameras back then. Ooh. Oh, we have here. a new... So now, now, now he's, he, he, Thomas has gone from being an artist to a commercial artist. He's now Uh-oh. producing art specifically for the show. <laughs> that, these right. are, uh, by, by the way, um, we're going, we're starting at a thousand a piece. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> these, yeah. Are, these will be signed one of a kinds. Sure. Um, if you want, I can frame it. So we, <laughs> I'll so throw, I'll throw it, I'll throw it in. So there's still, a, there's a, there's a, there's a, Thematic color thing going on here with the red. That's pretty but good. Now I've got two blacks, one blue and one green. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Yeah, if somebody pays a thousand dollars for this, I'd say come to my house for dinner. I've got a lot more I can show you. I could kick out another twenty four of those and, in about uh, eleven minutes. <laughs> pretty fast. <clears throat> good job, buddy. My point. Can I have my airplane back, please? Hey, careful! You're damaging it. Okay, well, that's art. Is still what good. about okay, NFTs? So, so this. What about NFTs? <clears throat> Are those art? NFTs. I don't non fun non fungible transfer tokens. Non fungible yep. tokens. Oh, it's artwork that you create in virtual reality yep. that yep. you own and sell. Yeah. But it, if it's in a virtual reality space, is it still art because the person created it in there? So mm-hmm. I'd prefer to avoid the more esoteric elements of this issue, just for the sake of clarity. Uh, this is not art. This was a paper airplane. It's no longer a paper airplane. It, took, it was a lot easier to destroy the paper airplane, which I'm not saying was art. It was a lot easier to destroy that a lot faster than it was to create it. Sure. <clears throat> the destruction of the definition of our understanding of art is happening at a very rapid pace. And it has dire consequences. Just like this plane could no longer sail across the room, it could no longer tr- go from point A to point B smoothly and cleanly the way that it once could. We will no longer be able to continue our society smoothly and cleanly and transition from where we are now to a future where our children live in a society where they understand freedom and liberty uh, and beauty the way that we and generations before us have done. Let me just, in order to uh, wrap up the show, let me, let me point out the other side of modern art, or what's, okay. what's, what's called, in this article, uh, they refer to it as avant-garde, right? The new stuff. <clears throat> Tell me if this makes sense to you, Paul. The various mutated forms of avant-garde try to upend all the achievements of the Renaissance to destroy the uplifting, therefore bourgeois potential of art, literature, and music, so that man, bereft of his connection to the divine, sees his only creative option to be political revolt. In other words, that's the goal. That's the goal of turning art on its head. That's the goal of saying that what was once considered beautiful is now ugly. What was once considered ugly is now beautiful. What was once considered virtuous is now horrible. And what was once horrible is now virtuous. Okay? I'll I'll, I'll read it again. The various mutated forms of avant-garde try to upend all the achievements of the Renaissance to destroy the uplifting, therefore bourgeois potential of art, literature, and music, so that man, bereft of his connection to the divine, sees his only creative option to be political revolt. 
ugliness that is so carefully nurtured by the Frankfurt School, and Dr. Dan has talked multiple times about the Frankfurt School, which is a communist think tank that's designed to, uh, to, to destroy our civilization or our society. Um, so carefully nurtured by the Frankfurt School has corrupted our highest cultural endeavors and, in, and popular culture in tune becomes openly bestial, wrote one academic. Admiring and idolizing such ugliness brings forth the dark side of people, decadent, depraved, violent, evil, and other negative kinds of thoughts gain ascendancy. The pursuit of such ugliness has led to deconstructing and uglifying scenes of the divine and of humanity's own divine nature, as well as acts of direct blasphemy against the divine. This has alienated people not only from the divine, but also from their innate divine nature and traditional values. And along with that goes uh, the inability to have uh, true, loving, healthy relationships. So... We're at the end of the show. I want to read something. I was going to start the show with this. But this comes from... And then there's this article goes on to talk about the, the perversion of literature because literature is also an art form, right? Literature, music, sure. sculpture, mm-hmm. uh, uh, painting, drawing, all of those things. Miming. Yeah. And the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the communists actually use literature to destroy tradition, and they've done that oh, successfully yeah. for many years. Sure. In, they did it in Russia. They did it mm-hmm. in China. I'd like to... Germany? Yeah. They destroyed a lot of art. They destroyed a lot of, a lot books, of art. A lot of uh, literature, a lot of art. Yeah. This is, uh, this is from God's Word, and this is uh, uh, from Philippians um, chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. And uh, this is Paul writing to the church in, in Philippi. And, and this is his, this is his statement. And I want you to, John. I just want you to listen to this and and and, and tell me, tell me if what this what this triggers in your mind when you hear these okay. words. He says, and this is his, his concluding his previous statements. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Or another version writes that, let your mind meditate on these things. Mm-hmm. Think about on, these on good things. things. Yeah. Whatever's, I'll just I'll truncate it. Mm-hmm. Whatever's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise... Dwell on those things. Okay. I, I submit that all art, in its traditional sense and in its true sense, at one point was a focus on those things. That's, I, yeah, yeah. Right? I that, agree. That's sure. what art is supposed to represent. It is, yeah. Yeah. It, it, so when you take a, a, a tin can, you crumple it up, and then you splash black and gray paint on it, that's not what is there about that that's honorable or right or pure or lovely or of, of good report? What's, what's noble about that? Nothing. Yeah, but most of those artists during the Renaissance, though, they were commissioned by churches and stuff to paint whatever story yeah, they wanted Yeah, some of those paintings paint. would take years, you know? Yeah, and it was what the church wanted them to paint. I mean, it's not like they had a lot of creative um, freedom. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't know that I, that I agree with that. 
Uh, not all of them certainly were commissioned by churches. The, the, the churches did commission artists to, to do certain paintings, right? The Sistine Chapel wasn't something that mm. they, someone said, hey, I think I want to paint that. Boy, that's a big ceiling. I, I'll get up there and paint that, mm-hmm. right? But there was a lot of art that, that glorified God that wasn't commissioned by anyone. It was the artist was painting it because that's what he wanted to, to do. I, and, and, and if someone commissions something, um, says, I'll pay you for this, does that mean that it's not art? If I, if I pay you to paint a, whatever, a portrait of my family, whatever it is that you do, does it suddenly become not art just because you got paid? If I hire you and Paul, uh, you and John, no, I'm not to come and that. build I'm a garage for I'm me. I'm not saying that it's not art. Okay. I'm just saying the, if, if, you know, if, it, that was that, if you were to talk to that artist just like in a room, would you say, you know, if you had all this time to make something like as grand as this is, would this be the topic that you would have chosen? And they would probably say, well, no, I'm getting paid to do this. But so that doesn't leave. Now you're, you're more of a commercial artist. You're not, like I said, you kind of, you lose that artistic freedom. I mean, that's why they put a couple of things in here and there to, that are kind of like secretive. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh yeah. So that, but but still, Disney's what, great at that. But still, uh, <laughs> Disney's got great at anything anymore. Boy, we could talk yeah. about Disney for another hour. We could, maybe uh, next week. Yeah. They're they're in trouble, boy. Those guys. There's an article actually in here on Disney, uh, in the current issue of the Epic Times. Um, yeah, Disney. Here's the point. <clears throat> I want to talk about something that was uplifting, but something that is under threat of destruction. You know what this is? I know what this is. Hold on. You know what that is? I think that's a pretty good... How, how old is your son? Four. He's four. I think it's a piece of watermelon on a stick. I thought, <laughs> no, it's the, that's, a, that's one of those... Uh, if it was orange, I would say yes. it was a dreamsicle. That, that's what it is. A no. dreamsicle. Well, he didn't have the right color orange, that's all. Yeah. It's a dreamsicle with a bite out of it. Yeah. I think well, that's I, pretty cool. That's oh, I sure. Okay. I Get like that. Bite out of it with a very large mouth. <laughs> large mouth. <laughs> and, turn it and upside I, down, it's... Pac-Man with a mohawk. There you go. There you go. All right. So the point is, um, I think that we have done a great disservice to ourselves in allowing art to be redefined as whatever somebody wants to call it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Let me see if I can, uh, I don't know if I can find a a good closing wrap-up statement. Oh, here it is. Um. Yeah, this is good. Traditional art conveys harmony, grace, harmony. This is traditional art. It conveys harmony, grace, clarity, restraint, propriety, balance, universality, and ideals, which require selection and choice. In the view of modern artists, such works cannot be considered authentic. This view, however, comes from the misunderstanding of the origin and function of art, Art originates from everyday life, but it should transcend everyday life so that it may both delight and instruct. It should transcend everyday life so it can delight and instruct. Because of this, during the creative process, artists must select, refine, and process what they're going to portray. Mm -hmm. You've got to select, refine, and process what it is that you're going to portray in this art. Blindly focusing on this understanding of realism artificially restricts the boundaries of life and art. That's what the 
that's what the modern artists would mm-hmm. say. If this type of realism is art, then what everyone sees and hears is all art, in which case, why spend time and money training artists? Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. If anything is art, why spend time and money training artists? Okay. Uh, here, here's an interesting, since I, since I read from the scripture, uh, this author says, pretexts such as expressing one's true self. Oh expressing one's true self, John. Do you express your true self? Sometimes. <laughs> okay. Well, you, and, and, and the reason I don't always is because of what I do. Oh, yeah. For, so, so what do you have to do in order to not express something you may be thinking at a particular moment? Not what do you have be to in do? the studio. You, <laughs> or I have to give a disclaimer. Well, if you're in the studio mm-hmm. and you have a thought that you don't say on the air, that you don't say into the microphone, mm-hmm. you've got a guest here, a thought comes to your mind, and you choose not to say it. What is that when you're not saying that? Uh, That's self-control, isn't it? It is self-control. Yeah. Uh, Some people call it being nice, not being rude. (laughs) Okay, right. Self-control, yeah. Okay, so any of those. So so being nice, not being rude, and having self-control. Are those... are those evil traits or are those virtuous? Are They're those virtuous. virtuous traits? Yeah. They're virtuous. Sure they are. Yeah, self-control is virtuous. Yep. Being polite to someone, especially someone who doesn't deserve mm-hmm. uh, someone being polite to them, that's a virtuous thing, isn't it? Sure. Yep. If someone else screams at you and calls you names and you don't respond in kind, that's virtuous. Because mm-hmm. anyone can turn around. If you were to do the same thing, what, what, did, what did Jesus say? He said... Uh, uh, you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Sure. Not the way they're treating you. Right. Right? That's virtuous. So this is interesting. He says, pretexts, pretexts such as expressing one's true self, which would mean not using self-control, but expressing one's true self and giving free reign to one's stream of consciousness have led people to abandon traditional moral standards and indulge in the demonic side of human nature. Can you argue with that? I, I can't no. argue with that. No. So self-control, restraint, not using that kind of language in polite company. Is there even such a thing as polite company in our society anymore? We try. What, what, what is civilization if it doesn't mean acting civilly toward one another? And the arts should elevate civility. Yeah, I agree. And nobility. Mm-hmm. And we right now have a culture that I think is being manipulated from higher sources that are actually lower mm-hmm. um, that are base that are debasing us as individuals. They are getting us to be more profane, more vile, uh, more animal-like, yeah. even more, even worse than animal-like, um, to be corrupt in, in the way that we think and the way that we perceive reality. And that ultimately will destroy us, right? Because a, a non-civilized society cannot, it cannot exist. Sure. And if we become corrupt, then we're going to select corrupt leaders and rulers, won't we? Yeah, I'll look at our... Yeah, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yes, it, I so, do. So it's not just an artistic argument over what's mm-hmm. art and what's not art. 
it's it's an issue that affects us in every single area of our lives and our existence as a culture and a society, all the way up to the people that we choose to lead. And if we as corrupt people, look, are corrupt people going to choose virtuous leaders? No, of course not. No. They're going to have corrupt leaders. Sure. And corrupt leaders, are, are, are corrupt leaders going to going to try to instill virtue and, and noble thoughts in their populations? No. Of course not. No. no. So corruption breeds corruption, and that's where we're headed. I, so this is a call. This is, this is my request, that we turn back to civility, to morality, to true art, and, and, and a true understanding of beauty uh, in all its forms, and to celebrate that, and to reject this new concept that everything that's ugly... And different is somehow beautiful mm-hmm. because it's really not. And you don't get this out of me very often, but um, amen on that, brother. Um, I Thank agree you, with you. I agree with you 100%. Thank you. Uh, you know, not knowing what we were going to really talk about today, uh, art and truth, um, this was really a good time for me. I, I was thinking at first, gosh, you know, we, we're not kind of on the same page here when we first started, but... Um, you always seem to bring out the best in us, David, and uh, keep it up. Thank well, you. Thank you, sir. And uh, thanks to the kid for bringing us all the great artwork. How about that? <laughs> all right. We will see you next week, my friend. Thank you. All right. There we go. Ah, wow, the great reset. And thank you to uh, David Waterman for coming in today. Great reset brought to you by Life Vantage. If you're one of those people that take collagen, uh, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't. It's the one-of-a-kind collagen. Uh, not only replenishes your body, but it helps your body create its own collagen, and it does this by using natural products, and then it maintains it. Now, if you'd like to find out more about this amazing product, contact Stephanie Kronelka and Life Vantage for more information. Check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text to uh, 701-230-9306. Or email skbesthealth at gmail.com. You know, you can click on the link on gfssource.com and it'll go directly to Life Vantage. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Biohack your life with Stephanie Kronelka and Life Vantage. All right. Hey, tomorrow, uh, Grand Forks County Sheriff Andy Schneider joins us. And it's been a while since we have talked with Sheriff Schneider. So I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great time. Have yourself a great remainder of your day, okay? And remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show that way. Grand Cities is a wonderful place. Grand Fork's best source is giving it an identity again.